The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. And and while we hit go on uh, phase one of relaunch, non-essential travel is, is still not recommended. But what about when we get to phase three and it's allowed again? When we're given the green light to take that trip that we canceled, what do you think the travel industry is going to look like? It is a question a lot of people are pondering, including our next guest, Dr. Frederick Demosh, is the director of the Ted Rogers School of Hospitality and Tourism Management at Ryerson University. Uh, Dr. Demosh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good afternoon. Nice to have you with us. So, um, you know, there's so much to talk about. Before we talk about the travel aspect of this, I wanted to touch on the hospitality industry just a little bit. We will know here within the next hour, we, we just found out actually that we will be moving to the next phase where some restaurants and cafes will be allowed to reopen tomorrow. The same scenario is being played out across the country. We know that the hospitality industry has been hit incredibly hard over the past a couple of months what do you see as essential for it to get back on its feet in the days the weeks the months to come well it's not going to get back on its feet in the next few days or next few weeks uh, like you said it's been devastated it's been taken a very hard hit not only in canada but worldwide so uh, it's going to be very difficult to recover especially now uh, as, as at a time when the borders are still closed between all of the country around the world so uh, we try to avoid international travel, and, and most of the income from tourism comes from international travel. So locally, um, as you know, many hotels have closed, uh, mm-hmm. restaurants have closed, even though they will be reopening. But uh, it's going to be difficult to get back to uh, a full level of business. Why? Because people are not going to be very confident about traveling. We have been told, you know, for the past two or three months, with good reason, that we should stay at home, that we should practice physical distancing, et cetera, et cetera. And in those conditions, you know, people are not very keen on traveling. And even though we are opening the doors again for the hotels and the restaurants, uh, I'm very um, I'm worried about whether or not people are going to be willing to take the risk, because at that point, it's still a risk, as we heard a few minutes ago from your, from your guest uh, before for the news. When, when it comes to um, the hospitality industry, when it comes to restaurants, cafes, that sort of thing, um, I have been actually, um, I, I've loved watching how uh, so many have adapted to this change over the past uh, number of weeks. Um, they have, you know, moved to take out, uh, just, you know, you know, pick up that sort of thing. That adaptability is going to be key in moving forward, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and, you know, this is a sector that has proven to be resilient. You know, it's a sector that has been hit before by, by many uh, problems. You know, think about the September 11 in 2001. Think about the SARS in Toronto uh, 20 years ago. And, and every time, you know, it recovers. So it's a very resilient sector. Um, but nonetheless, it needs help. It needs help from government from a financial perspective. But it will need help as well, uh, I think, in providing some guidelines about how to operate safely 
Once again, people are going to be needing to know that they are safe. They will need to be uh, a very trustful, you know, with respect to the different operators. And, and we need help from, from government and professional association to, to let uh, operators know this is how you're going to be handling the situation. Those are the procedures to put in place. Those are the physical distancing procedures you need to put in place. And, and, and if everybody plays its role and, and follow those guidelines, I think we're going to be fine. Dr. Frederick Jamash joining us this afternoon uh, was reading earlier today that Emirates Airlines said uh, that they were going to restart limited passenger flights to nine destinations starting May 21st. So just in a few days in Iceland, uh, which is a huge tourist uh, economy, uh, they plan to reopen June 15th. International travelers will have to decide whether they want to do 14 days in quarantine or, or pay for a coronavirus test. We have started to see recommendations come uh, out from organizations in different countries um, around the world about how to reopen the tourism sector. Um, you, you touched on, you know, managing risk, reducing anxiety. That is going to be key, isn't it? People are going to be worried about their safety and want to know that they're going to be okay. How will it be done? Absolutely, that's the main point. It's it's all going to be about the trust and and risk management. So, all the operators have to put in place, you know, some procedures. And we know the big players are already doing this. Air Canada, uh, you know, started a program uh, just last week uh, called Care Plus, so Clean Care Plus. You know that that tells you and uh, and explain how the procedures are going to be for boarding and ticketing and and during the flight. The big hotel chains are doing this as well. The, the Marriott. And the Hilton of the world are doing this as well. So, But we need also to have the small operators to do it at the destination level, at the local level. Everybody needs to play a part to instill that, that trust uh, in the mind of people. I was just talking yesterday to a, a colleague in the United States who is uh, at the Washington State University, and he ran a study, uh, and, and he found that um, about 60% of the American public that he, that he surveyed was not willing yet to uh, plan for a trip, you know, be in the next three months. So people are going to be waiting to see how those operational procedures are being put in place. Yeah. And and we're also waiting, we, we have to be honest with this, for that potential uh, second wave that may be coming. Dr. Dimash, I think a lot of people believe that when the green light is given to travel again, there's going to be some great deals because carriers and operators will be desperate to get people back. Is that the reality or is travel once again going to be for those with only lots of cash? So, unfortunately, I hate to disappoint your, your, your listeners, but, but I think travel is going to get uh, more expensive. Uh, first of all, because the companies that are still open will need the money, will need some revenue. Second, because they won't be able to uh, fill up uh, to capacity their hotels, their restaurants, or their airplanes just because of the physical distanciation that is required. So, yes, there may be a few deals here and there, um, but overall, I think it's going to be more difficult and more expensive for operators to, to fly planes or to run hotels. Um, if, if you run your hotel with only 30 or 40 percent occupancy, you know, you, you need to uh, increase your, your rates and you cannot fly a plane efficiently if you put one customer every uh, two seats, for example, to, to limit the physical distancing. So those, those are um, uh, difficult times for sure. And it's going to be taking, uh, you know, time for the industry to recover. We, you know, I, I don't want to be pessimistic, but I think it's going to be three, four, five years, you know, before we come back to uh, 
pre-COVID-19 levels. And uh, certainly during that time, it's not going to be cheap to travel. So when it comes to airlines, air travel, what do you anticipate is going to be the biggest changes for passengers? Let's forget about the prices, but about the process, you know, when we are when we're going into the airport, when we're going through check in, when we're going through security, when we're getting on the planes, how do you think that's going to change? Well, it's going to take more time. So, um, you know, we, we saw a big change already uh, 20 years ago after September 11 uh, mm-hmm. terrorist attack, you know, when when the, the security procedure at the airport changed totally the way we uh, approach airports and, and flying. And I think we're going to have uh, a similar change, uh, you know, coming up as a, as a follow-up to, to COVID-19. We don't have a vaccine yet, so we're going to have to do some testing. You're going to have to do some, some airlines. You were mentioning Emirates earlier. I think the announced that they were doing some uh, temperature check, uh, you know, before people were uh, boarding. So uh, all of this is going to require every one of us to be more patient, to be more careful, to come to the airport uh, in advance. And and all of those um, uh, measures are going to be deterring some people from uh, from traveling um, long haul. So I think there is a good opportunity for uh, short distance travel, especially in terms of pleasure tourism, more than long haul international travel. Yeah, I wanted to touch on that. Uh, this could be, um, I don't want to say good news because that's not the right word, but it, it could be an opportunity for, let's say in Canada, for you know Tourism Alberta, Tourism Canada to try to get people to stay at home and, and explore their own backyard. Absolutely. So in, in every crisis, you know, there is an opportunity somewhere and this opportunity is right there for for us in terms of uh, what we call community-based tourism, domestic tourism. So it's an opportunity for, for uh, destination within Canada to, um, to make themselves available, to make themselves safe and to attract the local traffic, you know, within the province or uh, intra-provincial uh, uh, travel. But so I think there is a good opportunity for, for Canadians to, to rediscover the countries and for a Canadian uh, tourism operator to, to really show to the, the public what they can do in terms of providing quality experiences. Dr. Dimash, I wanted to ask you about cruise lines um, because there's been a lot of attention on them given uh, what has happened on some cruise ships over the past number of months. I know that I am getting um, daily um, emails from a couple of different cruise lines that I've traveled with over the past number of years saying, hey, you know, uh, we're going to be back open whenever it is going to be. Here's a really great deal. The future of cruise lines, do you think that that is is uh, how big of a rebound do you think that they're going to get and in, in the challenges that they're facing uh, ahead of them given the concerns that people have i think it's going to be more difficult for them than for anybody else you know when we're talking about uh, hotels and transportation uh, everybody need to travel uh, sometimes by necessity you need to go visit family and friends you need to go for business but uh Cruising is by definition non-essential, so I, I think it's not it's not going to be uh, top of mind awareness for for people. So obviously, you know, they have their loyal customers. You know, people love to cruise, but after what has happened to uh, those cruise lines in the past three months, you know, the very negative stories that we've heard in the media, the negative publicity that was resulting, um, compounded with some issues that are still going on right now with the uh, uh, you know work condition uh, with respect to. Some 
of the workers that are still on the ships right now. So all of this is contributing to a situation where I think it's going to be difficult for, for the cruise companies to, to offer the same kind of service once again that we saw before. In other words, those very big ships with five to 6,000 people on board, um, I, I'm, I'm not sure that's very feasible anymore. I'm wondering as well about um, about cities, let's say like um, Nashville or Vegas or New Orleans. I know that you have uh, some history with New Orleans. You, you taught in New Orleans for a number of years. It's my favorite city to go to. I, I can't get enough of it. My heart's broken that I probably won't go back for quite a while. I was, <laughs> when you I think was about... supposed to be there a few days ago, believe it or oh. not. I was supposed to travel there. <laughs> Uh, you know, but so when you think about, you know, places like Vegas or New Orleans or Nashville, where they have the strips where people all come together and gather, um, are we going to see that again? Do you think? I mean, given what's what's happened. So again, given that we we don't know when we're going to get a vaccine, you know, uh, there is no way we're going to see that again anytime soon. Um, But those destinations will need to reinvent themselves. And and you're right. I know New Orleans very well. New Orleans is not just the French Quarter and Bourbon Street. You know, there are some other neighborhoods. There are some activities to do outside. So I think it's going to be important for destinations to to reinvent and to develop some products that will be innovative, uh, that will spread people out. Uh, you don't need to go downtown only. There are wonderful things mm-hmm. to do also outside of the city or in neighborhoods that you didn't know before. So I think spreading out uh, the customers actually will be good for the cities, uh, some of which, as you know, have been overwhelmed by tourism. <laughs> We've been talking Absolutely. about over-tourism in many cities, particularly in Europe, and uh, that may be giving them a chance to, to reinvent themselves. Dr. Dimash, before I let you go, I was reading an article actually that you had retweeted uh, earlier, and it was talking to some industry leaders uh, in the well, leaders in the tourism industry, and someone was quoted with, as saying, uh, "We fundamentally believe that travel can only rebound stronger if it rebuilds more responsibly. Tour operators, together with local governments and destination management offices, need to work together. Now is the time for the industry to share solutions. Are we seeing the industry sharing?" Um, uh, ideas, challenges, possible solutions already? Has it started to happen? We, we start to see this. So you can imagine that in the past a few weeks or months, you know, we have been very busy in with, with financial support, you know, and, and all the industry was doing the financial, uh, the concerns was really what we were working on. So the professional associations, the governments were concerned about finance right uh, and supporting the industry from a financial perspective but now it's an opportunity i think we're moving to the next phase you know we're coming towards the summer season we have to rethink about what tourism can be and and how it can develop so uh, i know there are a lot of discussions in the world of tourism about sustainability about greening tourism about uh, uh, making sure that tourism is community-based and those discussions are starting to to happen i know i'm, I'm part of uh, some of those discussions myself and so all my colleagues are doing the same thing around the world. So, um, yes, it, it's it's happening. Whether it's going to be effective, whether we're going to really make an effort to change tourism in the next uh, two or three years where we have that opportunity, something that is left to be seen.
I think it's going to be an opportunity to reflect on how things have been done in the past and how we can move forward in so many different ways, whether it comes to, you know, communities, the planet as a whole, travelers, suppliers, you name it. There's going to, it's a, it's a good time for some reflection. Before I let you go, my final question, where's your first trip going to be when you can travel again? Well, I think like many people, my first trip is going to be to visit friends and family. Yeah. You know, so I, I was I was just telling you that, uh, you know, this week I should have been uh, in the south of the United States where my son is studying and graduating from university and I missed that opportunity. So yeah. I want to see my kids and I want to, you know, go and, uh, you know, find them. Absolutely. Dr. Dimash, thank you so much for joining me. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for this. Thank you very much, Jillian. Have a good day. Yeah, take care. Bye-bye now. Dr. Frederick Dimash, who is the director of the Ted Rogers School of Hospitality and Tourism Management at Ryerson University. Um, Have you cancelled travel? I know you have. A number of you have. I've had texts coming in already. Um, You know, I think about Morley, Morley Scott, my colleague who had a trip to Europe with his family planned this year. Uh, Coach and I were were hosting a trip to Ireland and Iceland with New New West Travel in July, which got cancelled. So there's been a lot of disappointment for a lot of folks because of travel, whether it's a a small little trip or whether it was a big trip. Maybe it was a bucket list trip. Yeah, it's been it's been uh, it's been disappointing for a number uh, for a lot of people, but it's something that we've had to do and my question is is you know how will that rebound and when will we feel comfortable in maybe booking that trip again if we can if we can afford it